Welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today, the topic is the impacts of trauma. And I'm going to warn you in advance, I'm feeling kind of poopy today. (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. I know by talking that I'm going to feel better. Here's an example of how I can see the happy ending on the other side. That's that's how I'm going into this. So here we go. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about how the body holds on to some of these negative experiences, the the emotions that come out of negative experiences. So uh, trauma, shame, guilt, and grief, and how specifically trauma impacts our bodies and our emotions. So I was kind of visualizing this, this impact and how, um, you know, I'm, I'm always talking about my dark place and how if I relate it to when I was an, sorry, an active alcoholic, um, a lot of that just went down, a lot of that trauma really from from my experiences and and not being able to to pull myself out of of my disease and a lot of that went down into this dark place and, and it, it it lasted for years and so I'm thinking today about just the fact that I'm feeling poopy today and um it's extraordinarily poopy. It's not just I'm in a bad mood. It's, you know, I took my dog out for a walk and I just started crying, just feeling hopeless. You know, I don't get a star for that. (laughs) Um, And so these feelings are filling up that dark place and to pull them out is like, pulling a sunken car out of the bottom of a lake, you know, it's just, um, and and I have, uh, I talked about an, the imprint of things yesterday and, and it's kind of like that. I have this imprint on me about once I start feeling depression or sadness, um, I have a hard time looking away. Um, yesterday I talked about don't, don't, you know, try to not focus on that imprint that all of this negative stuff left on me and try to look forward and, and be hopeful and seek joy and, and all this stuff. And, and so I was thinking about how different things that I experienced left an impact on me, an emotional impact on me. So some examples of, of this are um, 
trauma. (laughs) When I was in elementary school, it was Halloween night, and I'm sure my brother, well, I don't know if he remembers. I feel like he never remembers when I have a memory of our childhood. He never remembers it. But I was trick-or-treating, and we had just come back for a break to the house, and we were, you know, looking at our candy and everything, and I went back out with my friend to trick-or-treat some more, and I was just around the corner. I had just left my house, and we had, like, this little alleyway. Um, beside the entrance of my townhouse and so I came around and I was in that dark alleyway and these like three teenage boys grabbed my bag of candy which I had a balloon hooked to it and they pulled the candy away from me and so what I was left with was grasping onto this balloon and I still remember the sound of the balloon and It was traumatic for me that these boys, they stole my candy. They pulled the candy out of my hands and, and they just started running. And so I was left there like devastated. It was so scary for me as a little girl to have these big, um, guys steal this candy from me. And so I went back home and went back into the house and, and I was crying, and of course my big brother gave me half of his candy because he loved his little sister. But on Halloween, I always think about that. Every single year, I think about that poor little girl who got her candy stolen and um, how traumatic that was for me. Um, There was also... When I was a kid, I guess I was in, I was in maybe middle school at this point, and I was playing softball, which I played softball like my whole life until I went to college, and um, I had just finished a softball game, and so my mom drove home, and I had my bike, so I rode my bike home, and I was riding kind of on the street and I went to I I was riding along a very busy street in the town of Leesburg the main street at Catoctin Circle and I was trying to uh, ride my bike up a driveway curb you know that has that tiny little bump to get up on the curb and my wheel got stuck uh, on that, like alongside that curb and it wouldn't go up the curb. And I fell into the street, like into the way of cars and everything. And, um, I mean, thank goodness nothing happened to me as far as getting hit by a car, but I did like just absolutely annihilate my knees. And to this day, I still have gravel in my leg from that. And, um, whenever I'm riding a bike, as a, I mean, I can't ride a bike now because of my head, but when I was riding my bike um, a few years ago before my stroke, uh, even as a 46-year-old or 45-year-old, however 
however old I was when I was writing it, uh, whenever I come across one of those little, um, like, driveway uh, curbs, I think about that, and I'm afraid I'm going to fall off my bike. And so it's, it's fascinating how one small event or something that we experience can leave a permanent impact you know, a permanent imprint on us. And so as I just explained those two stories, um, that is the narrative that I have to say about what happened to me. Um, you know, my memory of those boys who seemed like men to me at the time. I don't know how. Exactly. That's exactly my point. My memory of that was that they were like men, you know, to me. Uh, very tall, older teenagers, I guess is, is what they seemed like. Like high school students. And they were really tall and... um and I remember them just snatching it out of my hand and and pulling it as hard as they could and, and hearing the screech of the balloon as it went through my hands as they continued to pull it and, and then it just popped out of my hand and they just started running. That is my, and it was dark in the alley. There's no, there was never any lights right there in that alley, which is probably why they were waiting for a child in that alley. Oh, it just makes me so sad. But um, that's my memory of it. And um, that's the narrative that I've, that I've put together around that experience. And we have the ability to, to change our narratives around our experiences. And it's so easy to exaggerate you know it's so easy to exaggerate now just you know as I'm telling this story I don't think I'm exaggerating like I really do remember the screech of that balloon but it would be so easy um, if I was talking to you know a room full of 10 people and telling this story that I may um, exaggerate or use um, use a more, I guess, inflated words to explain the story. And this is something that I know I do uh, as I have my own self-talk about my experiences, um, that I may over time start exaggerating or telling myself that something was worse than it really was or something like that and um and it, it reminds me of side note it's this is supposed to be funny but my sister-in-law says that anytime when whatever my brother says you can divide it in, in half that he exaggerates it and I think I do too actually but uh, I'll never forget that she said that but 
that's what I was thinking of when I was, um, when I was uh, doing a little research today about about how we exaggerate our narrative um, about our experiences. So um, how I was thinking to myself, how do I? How do I keep the narrative of an experience to be true and not exaggerated? How do I, and what I think is happening is with trauma, there is a physical impact and an emotional impact. So I can tell you the story about my stroke and the physical impact that it has had on me. Um, the, the, uh, the, what I'm experiencing right now, which is the inability to remember what I'm saying in complete sentences sometimes, um, the inability to, um, to think of words sometimes, replacing words, and that kind of stuff happens when my head is hurting a lot which it just happens to be hurting a lot today. And I think that's why I've, I've been having a bad day. Um, but the other physical symptoms are my, um, my neurological vision impairment. You know, there's, there's stuff going on up there in my brain. And I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a combination of things. It's, it's just, it's complex. And the more that I am focused on it and trying to figure it out, the more complex it seems, the more that I'm just like, well, that hurts my head and that hurts my head. Now, why would that hurt my head? You know, like today I, I took my dog, my Weimaraner for a walk. I decided, let me just try it to see if I can take her for a walk, like a real walk. And, um, you know, and it, and it beat me up. I just, I can't do it. I got back to the house and, and I just felt terrible. And it, it gets to the point where I'm, I feel like it's dangerous for me to be too far away from the house when I start feeling that way. Because what happens is there is this sort of, um, thing that my head does where it like, feels like it's going to pass out or it go it's going to go go to sleep or something like that. I I haven't been able to figure out how to articulate it, but um if I am exposed too much to something, then I have this really really um scary feeling in my head and um and and so I got that today. It's the same thing I got when I watched that cardinal that I explained um, yesterday. So I can explain that physical impact. Um, The physical impact, it seems to evolve. It seems to shift and sway and evolve and grow and shrink and like it's never the same. Each day is not exactly the same. Um, there may be one thing that bothers me one day, and then the next day, um, 
something else is bothering me that that you know that I wasn't even aware of that was a, a trigger so um, it can be very challenging um, and, and so with that there's an emotional impact and the the more that I deal with the physical stuff and and the recovery and 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 taking notes I have a whole journal of what impacts like what I do that impacts my um my speech or my vision um my thinking and stuff I have a journal that I write down like when I did this I I couldn't do x y and z and um and so the physical the, what I'm journaling is the physical impact what I'm what I'm not journaling aside from this podcast is the emotional impact and and so what I've come to realize today is that um, this is all one system, you know, this is Rachel. Rachel is one whole system. It's a physical side and emotional side. And, um, and I can't change the narrative of what physically happened to me because I have the documents, you know, I have the proof of, of, uh, you know, the MRI, what's, what's been damaged inside my brain. And, um, but my, my emotionally, my narrative can change depending on the day. And if I'm taking care of myself physically, um, my narrative is going to be a lot lighter and it's going to be a lot more positive. And on a bad day, my narrative is going to be really heavy and really discouraging. You know, um, I just today spent a lot of time thinking, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do this again. And both of these, the physical and the emotional, both can be helped. Both can, I, I don't want to say recover, but both can be looked at and worked on with a professional and, um, and by, I guess, doing the right things. And that's what I'm trying to figure out what the right thing is. Um, but it seems like my, my physical state and my emotional states are impacting each other day to day. And my, obviously, my, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking in circles because I'm trying to figure this stuff out as I go. And my, you know, my physical, which, which can't comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like, yes, I had my stroke first. That's what came first. But in this recovery, um, I'm trying to work on my physical. I'm trying to work on my emotional. 
And um, if, you know, if I don't do them both at the same time, then I'm not moving forward altogether. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, an analogy. Like, um, I'm thinking of shuffleboard or something like that, where you're trying to move one piece forward, but then you have to go back and get the other piece and move that one forward. I don't know if that's shuffleboard, but, um, you know, having to move one side and then go back and move the other side forward also so that everything as one unit, one system is moving forward. And so, um, this is what I, this is what I was thinking that I could do for this is number one, I need to remind myself of the story as it occurred. Um, both the physical and the emotional. I need to accept the story as it occurred, my stroke as it occurred, and remove any additional narrative, which is look at the facts of what has happened to me, and I have to do this on a daily basis. So yesterday I was talking about um, doing this inventory every day. And so I need to not only think about, am I moving, you know, am I doing, am I focusing on recovery? Am I putting recovery first? That's one side of it. But I also need to remain grounded, you know, and, and not be telling myself these, these, fantastic stories about what is going to happen to me, what has happened to me, and where I'm headed. Because if I do, I'm setting myself up for fail. Like if I don't stay grounded, I'm setting myself up for failure. So um, I'm thinking to myself, and and anybody else who would who is in recovery, that I need to every day remind myself what has happened. And then two, what is my condition? What is the impact on my physical welfare and my emotional welfare? And then the third thing is, what are my fears and my sadness just today? Just today, what am I afraid of? What is the narrative that I'm building in my head for today. And I need to tackle it. I need to look at square in the eyes and figure out what are the things that are lies and what are the things that that are that can be helped. You know, can be helped if I try. I need to figure out how to bridge the gap between who I was before this traumatic brain injury, this stroke, and who I am now, because I'm still trying to figure out who I am now. And that is the stuff that's playing with my head. That's the stuff that makes me sad today. And, and I need to, if I, if I bring to the surface, what it is that I'm afraid of, 
and what it is I'm sad about, then I can do something about it. I can replace it with something positive. I've talked about over the over the past couple of months, I've talked about how we remove the stuff out of the dark place in order to replace it with hope and joy. And so I've got these little ankle biters that are just coming up constantly right now. And I have to, I can't ignore them. Um, I need to give them a name and I need to, um, to make sure that I'm being reasonable, you know, that I'm not, um, exaggerating my condition or exaggerating my fears and then replace it with something positive. So I thought of two today that just, I had several, but here are two, um, fears and, and sadness that I thought today, and I didn't replace it with something positive. So I'm going to do that right now. So one of them was, and I did not want to do this exercise, just to be clear, I did not want to write these two things down and replace them with something positive because I wrote down the first one, which is, I may never be able to drive again. And I wrote that down and I started erasing it on my handy Remarkable tablet, which I've talked about before. <laughs> um, I, I started erasing it because I was like, there's nothing positive I can say about that. Nothing. That just sucks. Um, it sucks in every way. Well, guess what? I thought of something positive because I forced myself to do it. And the positive thing is if I never drive again, then I will have no car payment. <laughs> so I did it. So I thought, all right, I did it once. Let's try it again. So the second thing is I don't think that I'll be running again um, for a lot of reasons. I don't think it's, it's good for me, um, even if my head does all this, you know, magically heal and I can drive again and I can do all these things again. Um, I just don't think running is, is going to be safe for me anymore. And, um, and if, if, uh, if it's just because of my head, I, you know, I'm having a hard time walking, so I definitely wouldn't be able to run. So I thought, well, that sucks. You know, I, it's, I always thought of like, the day that I can't run is the day that I'm going to uh, the, the, admit that I'm old, you know? And um, I remember when I was running out in Charlestown, there was this like freaking 76-year-old or something that was out running. And I guessed how old she was. But um, I was like, oh, I can run forever. I can totally run forever. So... Um, my positive about I can't go running was it was bad for my joints and I can get back into yoga, which I really was obsessed with yoga for a while there. So those are my, my two negatives. I only did it for two of them because I'm just not feeling very well physically. My head is um, 
is really dizzy tonight. So I am going to cut it off now and, um, and get some sleep tonight. So, um, that's what I've got. And thanks. Sorry for the poopiness, but you know, good days and bad days. And, and that's a part of what this podcast is, is for me to be real and show that I'm in recovery. I am straight up in recovery from a stroke as an alcoholic and I'm going to have bad days and I'm going to, and I'm going to admit it because, um, what, what am I doing this for if I'm not being honest and real? And today has just been a feeling pretty bad today, um, emotionally and physically, but I have no doubt when I have days like this that the next day is usually a little bit better. So let's see. We'll figure that out together. I'll talk to you tomorrow.